Welcome to In Conversation, brought to you by Agnes Intelligence, an applied artificial intelligence company. We offer real-world solutions to real people. In Conversation is a platform for interesting individuals from all walks of life to bring their unique perspective to the larger community. Our conversation today is with John and Amy Snyder, the founders of Agnes Intelligence. Hey guys. Hi Lucy. Hey Lucy. How you doing? Good. Good to be with you here. So welcome to In Conversation. You guys are our first guests and it's really exciting. We're excited as well. Great. So I'm just going to ask you a lowball question to start. So how did you two meet? And like, what's your story? What do you tell everyone? Are those two different questions? They're two different questions. (laughs) You can answer them at the same time or one after the other, whatever you decide. We we, we met in the traditional way at a bar. Mm. (laughs) What bar? Amy will tell the story. Uh, John and I met in 2005 at a bar in Hell's Kitchen called Rudy's with free hot dogs and duct tape repaired seats. And we had a group of friends who went there a lot, and we spent a lot of time there and got to know one another as friends for a really long time. But I think we were both secretly into one another for an equally long time. And we eventually got together and moved in together very quickly. And then we got married in 2016, and we're now at any moment expecting our first baby. So that's a love story 12 years in the making. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty long time. We don't rush into anything. No, no, no. Why do that when you can plan it out, right? (laughs) Amazing. So why did you name Agnes Intelligence Agnes Intelligence? Well, uh, we decided to start the company, uh, Amy and I, I still remember we were in Seattle and uh, we said, you know, this seems like uh, the most exciting thing we could do and and at the time, and even now, uh, Amy's pregnant with our first daughter, our first child, uh, and we're going to name our child Agnes. And so I thought it would be really cool to give our daughter uh, an AI company as a birthday present. And we quickly realized that Agnes Intelligence, the initials, is AI. Right. So we thought that was neat. Worked out pretty perfectly. Did work out And well. what does Agnes mean? I know you guys have told me that before, but... I know it has some meanings to it, the word Agnes. John was a sheep herder when Mm. he was growing up, and Agnes in Latin means sheep. Oh. Well, people always call me Lucy Goosey, so I'm all about the, like, animal-themed names. Or even the Bo Peep-themed names. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Animals you can herd with a crook stick. (laughs) It's a, it's a wonderful thing because I will tell you that being a shepherd when you're in middle school is not the easiest thing. I could only imagine, <laughs> and I really mean only imagine. But John took such good care of his little sheep. Um, he, like, sometimes the mother lamb, like, dies or, like, doesn't want to take care of her babies. And so there's these amazing stories about John taking his bum lambs inside and bottle feeding them and washing them and everything. So why, you know, we obviously want to replicate that. That's adorable. That's not something I've ever heard before, and I love that story. We used to take baths with our sheep. (laughs) How big is the bathtub? Well, they were little lambs, so they'd be about about the size of... uh, our little 12-pound schnoodle, so. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah, they were pretty adorable. Oh. All right. Well, maybe next you guys can also get a little lamb to have. 
Just kidding. Just I think I think we <laughs> Amy pro- just gave me a look. We, we, prob- <laughs> we probably need a little more acreage in the backyard. <laughs> Nothing like a Brooklyn backyard to hold a herd of sheep, right? So why did you decide to start Agnes Intelligence? You gave us the name background, but what was what was the reasoning for that? Yeah, well, you know, it had been something I'd been thinking about for some time. Uh, I'm a lawyer by training. I've been a trial lawyer for the last 15 years, uh, including the last five years, mostly representing uh, technologists and engineers. Uh, and as a consequence, I became... Uh, quite familiar with uh, the tech community, the tech environment, and uh, became very into AI. And as I learned more and more, it became blindingly obvious to me that uh, the next 30 years are going to be just an absolute uh, revolutionary time in the way that our society organizes itself and the way that we Uh, organize our economy, our culture. And I realized that in order to have a seat at the the table for the decisions that are going to be made over the next 30 years that are going to influence the way the world is remade, uh, you have to be conversant in AI and you have to be in the game. And so it's 2018 and this is the new game. And I can't think of anything more exciting to do with the rest of my career uh, then be right in the middle of it. So that's why, from my point of view, uh, I wanted to do this. And in terms of legal search, I remember you, you know, trying to get people into the idea of doing a better legal search platform at a bar five years ago or more. I mean, this is something you've really wanted to do for a very long time, and you're really well positioned to do it. Well, it, 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 the technology of that's available to lawyers is pretty abysmal. Um, and yes, true. I mean, I've been, I remember five, six, actually eight years ago, 20, 10 years ago, it was 2008. I was watching the NBA Finals Celtics Lakers mm. at Rudy's. <laughs> and I remember time. I was talking to a data guy and he was telling me to data databases. And I said, do you want to make a billion dollars? Go look at, I'm not even going to say the name. Go look at the leading company of e-discovery look at what they do i will tell you how much they charge build something better you'll be a billionaire and uh nobody built it nobody built it nobody built it and finally one day i said you know what uh you know if you want it done right do it yourself so so we got a team together we got you lucy and and we got mac and we got tom saima and alex barton and the whole crew and and uh, uh we're gonna do it right and we're gonna do something very uh, special. And it's it's interesting, too, because I think, at least from my perspective or probably from other people's perspectives, this company is only a few months old. But in reality, it's been a thought for years. It's been even more than a thought. It's been a constant need that has not been addressed and that you've been thinking about and ruminating about. So it's interesting to see how, even though, you know, tangibly it's only been a few months it's really a much bigger project than that well you know um a company is really the people right and uh the people who make up this company are people that uh, amy and i have known in some cases for uh much of our lives uh and and in many cases you know years so um we're a close group of people 
and we've worked together on various things throughout the years. And, and uh, when this opportunity uh, arrived, I think we all looked at each other and said, we like working with each other, we trust each other, we respect each other, and uh, this seems like the most exciting thing that we could possibly do, so let's go make a run at it. And we have. Exciting it is, exciting it is. So what do you hope to accomplish with Agnes Intelligence? What are some types of goals maybe or, or things that you can foresee happening? Well, you know, there's short-term, medium-term, and long-term goals. The short-term goal, obviously, is is to get to cash flow positive so that we can uh, sustain ourselves and that we can uh, uh, do all the other things that we want to do. Uh, longer term, and I'm very, very serious about this, our first project uh, was a legal e-discovery platform uh, designed to uh, basically re- imagine the way the legal profession goes about reviewing documents. Uh, and then our second project uh, has to do with with the upload transcription and uh, AI search of podcasts. So what we have is we've developed a brand new way of uh, searching massive quantities of written communication. And we've developed a brand new way better than anybody else of reviewing and searching spoken communication. So we got written and we got spoken, which is basically it other than Morse code. Uh, and so we've built a very, very strong uh, tech foundation with Brian Matheson and, and uh, Mac McCartney and Alex Barton uh, and the team at Deaf Method. Um, they've built just a rock solid tech foundation for us. And so longer term, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to build upon that and build use cases, and uh, that's a repeatable process that we can do throughout. Uh, uh, you know, as as long as as we all want to keep doing this. Big picture, we're thinking of it as business solutions. So every industry could um, have their technology improved, and if someone wants to come with us to us, sorry, with a project in mind, you know, for healthcare or um, banking or, you know, whatever it might be, we'd, we'd love to partner with people in different industries. So the real question is, are we going to put all of these podcast episodes up on our site? 100%. So we're going to transcribe them. So make sure you're only saying things that you want to see later on. <laughs> That's really what I'm getting at. And, and uh, it, unlike some people, we're not going to uh, cook our search results either. You're going to get pure straight search, no censorship, no bullshit. I love it. I love it. That's what we want. And so how has your view of artificial intelligence changed since this venture started? Did you have maybe a different conception of it a few months ago or a year ago and now that it has perhaps evolved? Or how are you thinking about it? Is that one for me or for Amy? It's for both of you. Well, I have I have a thought. Uh, Amy, do you want to go? I don't have a thought, so... <laughs> You go first, John. Amy will chime in. What have I learned about artificial intelligence in the last few months? Uh, I would say that I've figured out that most people talking about artificial intelligence don't know what the hell they're talking about. Uh, there's a lot of buzzwords. There's a lot of uh, you know people trying to kind of bully each other with their knowledge. Uh, and there's not a lot of talk about uh, how you can actually 
implement a solution or what a AI actually is. So what I've what I've learned, and this is something that I think everybody should know, AI is not a single thing. It's really a description of a whole bunch of different very cool algorithms that can do different very cool things with data. And if you have the right data scientist who knows how to string these things together, you can uh, solve some pretty difficult business problems and do some magical things. Um, another thing I've learned and I'll just stop with two, is if you have the right data scientist, as we do, there's virtually nothing that you cannot automate. Any job that has kind of a logical flow chart or progression to it, you have inputs coming in, you have outputs going out, and you have a routine for what you do in the interim, uh, if that job's done by a human being with enough time, not only can it be automated, but it will inevitably be automated. And so if the question is, what have I learned? I've learned that this is going to be the reality of the next generation. It's going to be the slow, steady, uh, inexorable uh, uh, progression of AI automation of knowledge work. And when that process is completed, I think there's no question that the civilization that we will live in then is completely different from what we have today. And so uh, given all that, it occurred to me that there's nothing more exciting or important that I could be working on than this. Yeah. I feel like before I started working with you guys, my only idea of artificial intelligence was, what was that movie? Bicentennial Man, maybe, like 15 years ago. Do you ever see that? With Robin Williams as yeah, this yeah. robot? <laughs> yeah. That's like what my idea of artificial intelligence was, which is silly, but I do think, you know, speaking to your point before, John, that a lot of people don't really know what it is. It's true. They, they've heard it. It's this buzzword and they can probably use it in a sentence, but it's not to actually understand what's going on with it is completely different from what I think most people think it is. Well, the, th the thing everybody remembers is, you know, that Watson beat Jeopardy. Uh, and then the other thing people say is, okay, eventually computers are going to take over the world. Right. Uh, both of which are true to some extent. Um, but, uh, I don't think there's a lot of clarity in terms of how that's going to happen, uh, or much intelligent thought about, uh, when that does happen, in what order is it going to happen and what challenges is, is it going to raise for humanity and how do we propose to meet those challenges? There's absolutely no good thinking going on about that or very, very little. Yeah. Can I tell you, I also read an article today that was about a group of scientists, I think in Singapore, who made a robot that could build Ikea furniture, which I thought oh, was thank God. so... I know. Well, one, very applicable for all of our lives. But two, I just thought was such an interesting thought experiment because the idea of building Ikea furniture is not just that you're building the furniture. You have to match the pieces with the images in the book that never, like the instruction manual, and they never really look quite the same. And then you have to go through all of the different steps. And a lot of it is kind of like this picture somewhat shows what you're supposed to do, but not really. So it was an interesting experiment to see how these robots would kind of intake all of that information and then build this chair.
you know, the, the technology for visual recogni- recognition has gotten awesome. Mm. And you're going to see, I mean, th- that's a great example of, uh, you know, one particular technology, one little piece of the AI puzzle gets really good. And then that opens up, um, you know, avenues of further development uh, or, or something gets very cheap. Right. You know, storage gets very cheap. Processing gets very cheap. There's stuff that we do today that uh, five years ago you either couldn't do it all or it would have cost you tens of millions of dollars of servers uh, and hardware to, to do it. So it's a, it's a really amazing world. So do you see artificial intelligence playing a role in your own lives? Maybe not you know, on a daily basis, but somewhat more of a role? On a daily, on a moment by moment basis. I mean, everything everything in your phone is artificial intelligence. Um, to some extent, I mean, Siri is artificial intelligence. Um, I would say not just play a role, but define. It's going to define our lives. There's whole industries that exist today that won't exist in 20 years. Um, I mean, Lucy, the, the project probably the rest of your career is going to be trying to wrap your head around uh, the implications of all this. Um, I mean, it's really, uh, it's a staggering thing. Yesterday I was um, trying to speak to a customer service representative oh. and going through one of those phone trees and it wasn't understanding my order number and I'm sitting there screaming into the phone and John's like I'm gonna fix that for you (laughs) (laughs) that's next after the legal platform and the podcast platform you know you know it actually is and it's atrocious that these uh, customer service lines haven't taken advantage of the technology that exists because you know it is possible that if you're and this is something I want to build and I think Matt Grossman definitely wants to build this is is if you have a uh you know, a robot talking, doing your customer service and the, and the customer's hot under the collar and swearing, uh, that that might set off an alarm and expedite some sort of uh, uh, way to placate, <laughs> placate the angry customer. Right, just give them a $10 rebate or something. Yeah, it's like, it's, it, exactly. It's like, there's there's got to be all sorts of stuff that you could do uh, if you were able to measure, um, you know, the the paralinguistic qualities of speech and then uh, map that to emotion, which Hmm. is something that uh, may be coming sooner than you think. Those customer service rep things are just so annoying every single time. So annoying. And you kind of want to just hit zero to get to the actual person, but then often the actual person conversation takes way too long or it just gets really convoluted and even getting to management is impossible. There needs to be a solution for that. I agree. Well, we're working on it. Love it. So, and this, you know, is not something I discussed with you guys before, but I want, I would love, and not I want, I would love if each of you could give me a little anecdote about the other. It can be any, anything you want to say, but just like something that the audience wouldn't know, or even, even some of the people you work with wouldn't know, just like a funny little story about the other. Well, I I still remember, uh... This is fairly early on, uh, but Amy, she's a Upper West Side sophisticated Manhattanite who dresses in black at all times, and uh, I didn't realize what an outdoors person she was, but uh, early on, we uh, she agreed to wake up at four in the morning with me, and 
we went out and went fishing up in uh, the Berkshire Mountains. And as day was breaking and we're trying to cast our our lines into the water, uh, she was doing pretty well, but she cast it wrong and, and let go of the line early and, and the line went right up into a tree that was, was above head. And uh, <laughs> she looks at me with sort of pouty eyes. She says, John, my shit's in a tree. <laughs> I saw Amy trying to hold in that laugh halfway through the story. She knew exactly where this is going. So we, we still say that all the time when things go off the rails. I it's like that. My shit's in a tree. <laughs> I might co-opt that a little bit. My I shit's like in that. a tree, baby. <laughs> And it's funny because the story I was gonna I was thinking of when I heard you ask that question is sort of sort of the parallel. Um, about more than a decade ago, I had my my little hayseed out to dinner with me at um, somewhere swanky, and I hope this doesn't embarrass you. This, this is fine. <laughs> We're too far gone now, Amy. You just gotta go for it. Um, and you know the waiter comes around and he's like, "Can I get anyone? You know, an after dinner drink." And I said, I'd love some limoncello. And I may have even said limoncello, you know. And and John's like, oh, do you have any other flavors of jello? (laughs) So, but they say that marriages where you're coming from two different worlds um, are have a richness than when you're coming from the same world because you get to expose each other to, you know, all different sorts of new things. So John was raised on a farm in the middle of Washington State and I was raised in an apartment in the middle of the Upper West Side. So I think it's been pretty neat getting to expand our worlds. Definitely. I would have also taken the jello though. I'm not really a limoncello person, so I'm with you, John. <laughs> I love limoncello. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you both for coming out here and uh, talking with In Conversation. This has been really great. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you, Lucy. All right. Well, I'll see you guys soon. This was In Conversation. Want to talk? Contact us at info at agnesintelligence.com. Till next time.